Now back to the Matt Mosley Show on ESPN Central Texas. On his Mosley, the Mosley Show during the holidays, Calvin Watkins, Dallas Morning News, joining us now. My longtime friend and colleague, Calvin, uh, Merry Christmas. I think I wished you one on somebody's Facebook page. I don't know if I did it directly. It may have been via Clarence. I don't know, but I did try to send you greetings. But season's greetings to you. Uh, was uh, was Santa Claus good to you this year? Is everything? Uh, how'd you come out? Uh, I came out pretty good. Uh, I mean, yeah, I'm alive. Everything's good. Everything uh, turned out all right. Merry Christmas to you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I am glad that you are alive, and uh, I never doubted you on that. But uh, mm-hmm. it, but it brings back good memories to uh, to see you kind of writing about Dan Campbell. A man I remember covering up close in those early mm-hmm. days. You and I were on the beat together at one of those various times, probably that 2006 season. You come rolling mm-hmm. in there, and then, uh, <laughs> boy, Dan, who could ever forget it? Um, but back in the old Valley Ranch days, but, man, Dan Campbell, it is interesting to think about how many great players slash coaches – kind of were under Parcells and worked for Jerry Jones. In some sense, some have gotten away. And Campbell, I, I don't think you can look at him quite like that, but um, mm-hmm. it's interesting how we've changed our view on Dan Campbell. Because you remember, weren't we kind of laughing a few years ago when he came in and saying he was going to take out kneecaps and and mm-hmm. you know and, and whatever he was saying, bite nails <laughs> and do all that stuff. And he sounded kind of crazy, and he sounded a little off-kilter. And now I think we view Dan Campbell as one of the great coaches in the NFL. Uh, and, and, of course, he cut his teeth under Bill Parcells and was on that uh, on some of those teams. Uh, that's kind of interesting, isn't it, when you think about all these people who Jerry's been around. And from reading your story and thinking about it, it does seem like a mutual – admiration that the two have for each other, Dan Campbell and Jerry Jones. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, and uh, Jerry compared uh, Dan Campbell to Jason Witten, who uh, obviously won a state title uh, at the Argyle Christian High, uh, Academy uh, this year. Um, I think the TAPS 2, 2A, whatever it is, you know, I forgot now, but uh, he compared him to Witten because he's tight ends, he's gritty guys, he's uh, you know, biting kneecaps and, and chewing nails. And, and when Dan Campbell had that initial press conference, I'm like, they're going on 17. They're done. <laughs> and I'm like, who, who says this stuff? And, and last year, if you remember, I'm not sure if you were at the game, but when Detroit played here in Dallas, they, they almost beat the Cowboys, you know? So, and Dan Campbell has got that thing going pretty good. And, they won the division, the first division title, I think, in 30 years or whatever it is. And, um, you know, and they're fighting for the two seed. I mean, they they can legitimately get the two seed in the NFC. If Philly loses to Arizona and, and Detroit beats Dallas. So, you know, a lot of us might have been wrong about Dan Campbell initially when he came in, but he learned a lot from Bill Parcells when he played for him in Dallas. And, you know, I think Bill was the executive VP in Miami, and Dan went there as well. So. 
um, yeah, he learned a lot from Bill, and Jerry, as you said, has a lot of uh, respect for him. Bill Bill shows up when, when his people do really well. He shows up and likes to talk about him. You know, he shies away from the people that don't turn out as well. But but Bill <laughs> will show up, and uh, and he's got a very interesting tree. Uh, I think it's fun. You mentioned this, that Aaron Glenn is over there mm-hmm. on that staff. We remember the great player at Texas A&M. I, mm-hmm. I assume they may have been together at A&M. I, I was trying to think about their age. But they're, you know, fairly similar age. I remember Aaron Glenn mm-hmm. late in his career ended up with the Cowboys, I think, at some point. But, mm-hmm. man, what a what a tremendous player he was. I think he was with the Jets with Parcells. It's just interesting how they've all kind of at least played for Parcells or had some kind of connection. But to see those Aggies over there on that Detroit <laughs> Lions staff, I, 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 I think those uh, – I think the Aggies were really wishing – and I think they did make a run at Dan Campbell, and he just couldn't do it. He was having too good of a year, and mm-hmm. he was having too good of an NFL career to step away. But I bet, Calvin, that, that wasn't easy. I mean, I think all Aggies, if given an opportunity, want to go help the Aggies. But I think Dan was just doing too well. But isn't that kind of cool to see he and Aaron, those Aggies, bonding together? And now Aaron Glenn will probably be up for some head coaching positions. Yeah, it, it is interesting um, that they went after Dan Campbell. Um, but he, as you said, I, I, I think he coaching in college is, is a different is a different deal. Um, you got to recruit. You got younger players. You know, it's it's you know it's it's, it's a different deal. It's just a, it's a lot of mentoring, a lot of teaching, and the NFL is more, as you know, Matt, a business. And I think Dan is more suited. For the for the business side of the pro guy, the pro level of the NFL, Aaron Glenn, another Aggie, as you said, uh, hopefully he'll get a, a job this year. It looks as if there's going to be quite a few jobs available uh, <laughs> <laughs> across the league again. So hopefully he'll get a gig. He's done a really nice job as a defensive coordinator in Detroit. They have a really feisty defense, but um, it, it is interesting when you look at the Parcells coaching tree overall. And then you look at it when he was with the Cowboys, how many guys that coached mm-hmm. under him got head coaching jobs. There were seven guys I counted that became first-time head coaches, you know. And that that's crazy. Like, I mean, it's like Belichick, you know, and, and the McVeighs are starting to get a lot of guys under, under them, uh, uh, Sean McVay, uh, to get a lot of guys leaving him to become head coaches. So, <laughs> but Parcells has got, wow, seven guys. And then – you talk about the players with Dan Campbell and then Witten, even though it's on high school, but still you, you gotta run you gotta run the show. And who yeah. knows, Aaron Glenn might get a job and that kind of thing. And and you forgot to start choice played under uh, uh Parcells. He's a running back coach at UT. So you know, a lot of these guys there's something about Bill Parcells where he, as Jerry said, he coaches you not only to be a coach on the football field, but coaches you as a man in life. Yeah, he 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 had uh, he had they used to say things. And I still hear Jerry say it. You know, he would say things like, "You don't make indiscriminate throws," and Jerry likes that one. And then he Jerry will sometimes <laughs> talk about how somebody's a great. It's it's like not a communication, but like a people person. I, whatever the phrase mm-hmm. is, it's a total parcels. Got to be got to be relatable. Got to be relatable to people. Uh huh. Every because everybody comes from different backgrounds, so you got to like relate to the guy who's from 
the country, to the guy from the suburbs, uh-huh. the guy from you know an urban area. You got to be able to relate to them as human beings, as men, and that's how you put the team together. And that's something that I think resonated with Jerry. I almost feel like you're describing the two of us, how we relate to people across all yeah, realms. Yeah, we relate to people well. Yeah, both of us. Uh, we do. We're good, Calvin we're good Watkins. People person. I could just hear over and over. And Jerry would always say that about Parcells. He was just something he would say about that. But uh, Calvin Watkins, Dallas Morning News, uh, with us. And uh, I, I, I love that you put that list together because it brings back so many memories because I covered a lot of these coaches. Sperano was so mad at Bill because um, uh, Bill wouldn't let him go with Sean to the, to the Saints. And he blocked mm-hmm. his path. He could have become the offensive coordinator for Sean and made a bunch more money. And Bill said, screw you. I'm not letting you leave. And and uh, and it was like, I mean, he was so mad. Obviously, we lost Tony, uh, sadly, mm-hmm. died of a heart attack a few years ago. But I just, I I laugh at when I, Anthony Lynn, who's a good friend. I think you and I both like Anthony a lot. But I got, I became mm-hmm. really good friends with Anthony. I, mm-hmm. I, I just, at times, they couldn't stand Bill. But he, but he benefited all of them. You know, Zimmer couldn't stand him at times. But now it's funny mm-hmm. to hear them all talk. It's like, oh, yeah, Bill's our guy. and He was so mm-hmm. great to us and all that kind of stuff. But he did launch a lot of careers. Uh, and, and, Calvin, by the way, I was thinking about you earlier today. The Mustangs go to Fenway. And you're yeah, out there having to cover this and the you know, Cowboys. But you used to cover the Mustangs. So there's a part of you that has one eye over there on the uh, – Wasabi Fenway Bowl. I oh, I hate that for SMU because they went eleven and two. They're going to the ACC. They needed to have a nice showing in that game, and it's not like they got blown out. But right. you kind of needed to go out there and take care of Boston College, and they didn't get it done. They lose twenty three to fourteen. So mm-hmm. I know you. Uh, I know you were feeling a little bit bad for the old Mustangs uh, taking one on the chin in Boston today. Yeah, I had the I had the game on in the background as I was I don't know what I was doing, but I had I had the game on in the background, and I was like, wow, um, it was raining and it's, it's basically a road game, you know, for SMU going up there to, to Boston, and I thought I, I called Todd Archer, who's from Boston, who covers uh, the Cowboys ESPN, and I called him and I said, is that a new field they put on Fenway Park? Because they're really beating up that field out there. <laughs> He's like, I think so, and so yeah, we were, you know, we, you know, we always got an eye on the Mustangs and how they brought their way into the ACC, and it's, it's all good. I'm happy for them because I remember some lean years in the Western Athletic Conference, and then they went to Conference USA. So I'm glad to see they're in a, in a big time conference right now. <laughs> I, I like that you called Archer. I like that everything that has to do with Boston, we have to get Archers like take on it hey what we got something new at fenway like what's going on what's happening in boston what? i called him up and i said boston got a new mayor he got a new mayor what's going on up there <laughs> boston's new mayor that's right archer has to answer for all of these things i like this last quote you had in this story this just sounds like a typical jerry type quote i act this is jerry jones on dan campbell I actually, he, and he's saying, he says, I actually thought the type of thing that we see in Dan is so football appropriate for the game. Like, that's a, that's a strange, <laughs> I, don't, I don't exactly know what that means, but okay. And, and then he says what you were talking about. 
that every time I, I look at him, I see Jason Witten, really. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and that is interesting because uh, and I who knows Witten may decide to, I think he wanted to coach his sons I think he's been very mm-hmm. uh, successful over there at Liberty uh, Argyle I better I better mm-hmm. watch out I don't want to get in trouble with him because he and I have been talking recently but uh, mm-hmm. let's just say they they can do a little more recruiting than our local high schools can. Can I? Can I, I, I... Them all <laughs> you know, you got to get the players, baby. You got to get the players. You got to get ball players. Witt knows that. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I, I think that I think that is good. Now, Cowboys health-wise, how, how did you think, Calvin, they came out of that thing? Um, I think they're, you know, it sounds like that Tyron Smith may be moving back toward play and Adoga uh, was, is a little bit banged up as well. But, like, it doesn't seem like, even though I think to the fan base, it's like, oh, my gosh, another road loss. You know, they get beat at the gun. It seems like from hearing from the players that, in some sense, they took more positives than negatives from that trip out to Miami. Well, how, how do you see that? Like, are you, are you thinking that there was enough positive things that happened that it doesn't necessarily have to be, oh, here we go again kind of thing? Or where are you with this team right now? Because I don't know how you could say, well, I trust them. Because year after year, they you know they they don't show that we can trust them. But where mm-hmm. are you with this specific team as they head into this big game against Detroit? Uh, I don't trust them. Uh, I mean, you want to be playing your best football right now, and they're in a two-game losing streak. And you know the feeling around there is we'll be okay. You know, the players are talking about that last scoring drive. They're like, hey, can you build off that scoring drive? Well, wait a minute. You, not like you scored 52 points and then you lost, you know. So, and then CeeDee Lamb was absent in the middle part of that game, and McCarthy was a little defensive about that, you know, about how he, he disappeared. And the defense, you got to make a stop. You got you to you you stop these people, you know, the game on the line. And they didn't do that. So, so, yes, you should be confident. You, shouldn't, you should move on after a loss. I, I get that. But you've lost two in a row, and you got Detroit, and that's not going to be an easy game on Saturday. And then you got an exhibition game in D.C. to close the year. So no matter what happens in D.C., that doesn't really matter, especially if you've lost three in a row going into D.C. Um, so you've lost at Buffalo. They've lost at you know, Miami. And if they don't win the division, they have an outside chance of winning the division. They're going to be on the road again. And right now they have a, a three and five on the road. Excuse me, three and four on the road. Yeah, three and five. Three and five on the road. So yeah. it's like, so like, how, why would we believe in you to beat, you know, Philly or Detroit on the road in the playoffs in the second round? Now they're going to maybe probably go to Tampa in the first round. Yeah. And Tampa is one, I think, five in a row. They're playing pretty good. Now they're beating up, oh, yeah. they're beating up bad teams, <laughs> but they're winning games. And that's the, that's the point. You want to win the game. You know, whether you win ugly or you win pretty, win the ball game. And the Cowboys are on a, on a losing streak. So we've kind of lost, you know, that narrative of you're struggling right now. So the Cowboys, this is a must win for them on Saturday, more so for the Lions. This is a big game for Dallas. Well, I like that. That builds it, gets me kind of excited. Saturday night, Calvin, mm-hmm. would you text me Friday to remind me this is a That's Saturday? <laughs> 
<laughs> no, it's going to be fun. This is Saturday night. And I can't wait to watch this YouTube segment. It's uh, Tell the Truth After Dark. This is Calvin yeah. on with Chi-Town Neil and Bowtie Bill. <laughs> I, I gotta, we're, we're, and y'all have something in some solo cups. This thing was videoed. I've got this on my to-do list. As I watch some holiday bowl games tonight, I'm going to fire this thing up and see, because you are a funny guy, but I don't know about these guys. I don't know if, if Chi-Town Neil and Bowtie Bill, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look into this uh, and, and see what this comedy show is like. Did you enjoy that experience? Yes, Shytown, uh, Neil, and uh, Bowtie Bill. I know Shytown from uh, uh, a couple of cigar lounges that I go to, and they have this podcast, YouTube podcast. And I said, "Yeah, let's go have some fun." They do it every week, maybe. I think they do two or three times a week. So they, uh, I went to their little uh, studio. It's a really nice studio. They got a professional setup, and I really like it. And uh, I had a lot of fun with them. So I look forward to. You. The critique you, you give me, uh, I don't know if you're coming to the game on Saturday. I know you're busy, but um, if I see you or just text me, tell me what you think. Uh, but I was a guest on this show. It was a good show. I really like it. I don't know why you're doubting my attendance. I'm at every home game. I'll be there. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Sometimes I'm too busy. I miss uh, you. You know, you, you got your coffee and you got other things going on, you know. Yeah, you're usually over there making that coffee during the national anthem or something. Oh, God, um, I need it. I need it bad. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Who was that Chicago Bear player from the Dallas area, played at University of Texas, and he was a part owner in the Cigar Lounge outside the American Airlines Center. And I, I kind of got to know him, and I liked him. You remember, that's really? where Dale Hansen yeah. would, would take oh, his downtime. Yeah. Dale would get a little lubed up for his broadcast. Um, yeah, lubed up for the good on TV. <laughs> yeah, how about that? The lead anchor yeah. lubed up that, for TV. Okay. There was a Cowboys defensive tackle, and he had a cigar lounge right down there by the AAC. Yeah. And uh, I, I, anyway, I remember. Yeah, I never. You know, I wasn't smoking cigars back then. Yeah. Um, as much as I do now. Yeah. Because back then I might have smoked them once or twice a month, uh, yeah. and I haven't smoked one in five days. But I smoked one today before we got on the air, so I kind of broke Ooh. my my streak. But it's okay. Ooh. You know. Okay. It's okay. okay. But uh, yeah, but it's good. So I, I know what you're talking about. It's Javier's, I think it was called. Yeah, no, they had a cigar lounge there. This one was right mm-hmm. there by the AAC, oh, but Javier's okay. is a great – that's a great spot. Yeah. They do have a little cigar yeah. area mm-hmm. back yeah. there. But, uh, well, I hope to – I'm not – you know, that smoke kind of gets to me for a kid mm-hmm. from Kaufman County, but, but I would like to join you maybe at one of those yeah, things okay. some night and okay. catch up. And, and uh, especially I'd like – if you'd introduce me to Bowtie Bill at some point, that would really be uh, something I would be looking forward to. Calvin, I uh, – Happy holidays. Appreciate you doing this. Always fun to have you on. Appreciate you, man. You guys uh, have a good day. Have a great weekend. <laughs> okay. okay. Have we a great New too. Year. We Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for those wishes. Have another cigar. There he goes. Calvin Watkins from the Dallas Morning News on the Matt Mosley Show. We shift gears. We go to San Antonio. It is time to check in on the Alamo Bowl where Chris Williams is standing by our former friend from local TV in the Waco area. Uh, He'll have a report. That's next.